0: America live and underway here on ESPN Plus. Alvite Stadium, where just moments ago, the United States and England wrapped up in Group B action. The final score, 0-0, as the points split between the Americans and the English. Hercules Gomez, Sebastian Salazar, great to be with you. Thank you for joining us. Whew, what a game. You, you okay? You were a little excited. There was a lot of tension there, especially in the second half, yeah. although I think you've come to now expect that with me, there is tension no matter what we're doing. There is
1: tension <laughs> no matter what. I didn't expect it out of Natum. I didn't expect it out of Mark Ogden, who, like, the 70th minute, we're already yelling, take
0: it to the corner! Take it to the <laughs> corner! <laughs> that is uh, that is behind the curtain, as we say. Uh, all right, uh, telling on our English colleagues from over at ESPN FC. I'm sure we'll hear from them uh, throughout the evening here on ESPN+. Plus. But coming up on this show, we're going to hear from Casey Keller. Uh, he's going to join us in just a little bit. We're also efforting a live shot from outside the stadium with Alexis Nunes, she was in the game, maybe she can get the perspective of some of these American fans out there, and also, also, if we're lucky, we might get a treat, Paco Palencia, uh, longtime Mexican international, uh, hopefully will be joining us for a preview of Mexico and Argentina tomorrow, but let's start, Herc, uh, with the United States against England, great result, right? Yes, especially the way that they... Got that result. There are results, right?
1: And then there's performance. You can get a result. doesn't necessarily mean you had a great performance. They had a great performance. It was risky, and we'll get into that. But the performance in general, the way they made England respect them, the way they made England sit back, and you earn that respect. You make a team go into its shell by your play. It was really something to hang your hat on for this young, very young U.S. men's national
0: team. Something that was a marked difference from the game against Wales is once the U.S. lost control of the game against Wales, they never seemed to get it back. This game ebbed and flowed, but generally whenever England threw a punch, the United States responded. Not only did they respond in possession, in those stints
1: of possession, but they responded in, in, in the way they tackled, and the way they covered ground, in the way they made the opponent respect their speed, respect them 1v1, respect how dangerous they could be, respect how brash they were at times. This English side did not look like the same side that beat Iran by six goals. It looked like a
0: different team and credit to the US men's national team for earning that respect against them. But I will point this out as we're watching the game. You also said that England and Gareth Southgate were giving the United States too much respect. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What did you see that, that made you think that?
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What do these English
0: players play? Best clubs in the world and Best clubs all, and in most the world. of them are important significant key contributors at those clubs.
1: And Jude Bellingham's going to be the next big signing right. in the wor- in world football. Darren Southgate has... Gareth Southgate, yes. I'm sorry? Garrett Southgate. Garrett Southgate, excuse me, has an array of talent at his disposal. And yet, he made them look mediocre. Mm. He made them go into a defensive posture and never got them out of that. And the U.S.,
0: everything was there. The only thing lacking was the final product, mm-hmm. the goal. What did the U.S. do better today than they did against Wales? Because not only did they do it better, but they did it against answer, a better op- I opponent. I think you answered your own question
1: when you were talking about how when they get punched in the face, mm-hmm. how they came back in a wave. the U.S. men's national team. When they got punched in the face versus Wales, they cowered. They became a small club, a small team, in a defensive posture, mm. and just absorbed pressure. That wasn't the case today. I think they learned from that Wales game. And, and it should make a lot of fans lament what they saw. Should make a lot of fans feel right. that they deserve more. Like, if I'm you like, could if do this yourself, against
0: England, what really should you have done against Wales? The best players Wales. in the
1: world. And it wasn't like, let's just defend, let's just yeah. defend, let's just absorb, let's just bend but not break. You took it to one of the better teams in this tournament, a tournament favorite. You showed for long lapses of this game that you could not only hang, but that you can hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what was interesting, a similarity between the first half uh, and the second half, is that the first 15 minutes in both halves kind of belonged to England. Right. The, the first half, then, the U.S. takes over. In the second half, the U.S., I think, gets back in control of the game, but eventually kind of goes back to England. England had a really good late surge in this they one. Did. But I'm really impressed that this U.S. team, after kind of absorbing for 15 minutes, had, had the ability against, again— the best opponent that they faced so far, one of the one of the tournament favorites, to to establish themselves as as really what felt like the boss of the game, especially in that first half. Like the U.S. owned that last half hour. Or am I or am I overstating that?
1: No. Yeah. No. Did you see what they made Gareth Southgate do?
0: In the second half, you're saying with in the, the subs. Half. Yeah, I know what you're gonna. Yeah.
1: Literally, Southgate says. I'm being attacked at all you angles. Think
0: that you think the subs, so Jordan Henderson, he brings Jordan on for Henderson Bellingham. comes on. Grealish for Sterling, especially the, the Henderson for Bellingham. You <laughs> think that's it's a very negative substitution yeah. to make. You're giving the
1: U.S. Men's National and Greg Berhalter way too much credit. You're overthinking this. Uh, you may think your team needs it at that moment, but what they need is to come out of that shell. What they need is possession of the ball. What they need is to actually go 1v1 versus players and get into the final third.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There are a few games with this U.S. Men's National team where I – I've seen him play against any opponent where, I, where you just know. We just know they're on their day. You just know this player is on his day, whether it's Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, whether it was uh, Weston McKinney, you just can feel it. And you can see players growing into the game. That's what they needed. Such a young team, they needed to believe that they could do that. I'm sure the message was you can hurt them this way. They needed to believe they could hurt them that way.
0: Is it possible that maybe we saw a team – that had gotten the first game jitters out of their way? Because we always talked about this team as young and inexperienced. Um, And maybe that even goes for the manager, who you have called green at at many points on this show. Uh, Do you think this is kind of the performance of a group that that maybe got that out of their system against Wales and today put in a much more professional and, and performance that is reflective of what this team actually is? If we're focusing on the 90 minutes
1: today, yes, that's a fair assessment. But I don't think we can judge it just on the 90 minutes because... This is a watershed moment no matter, for what, no matter what for Greg Berhalter and this U.S. men's national team. This performance and you beat Iran in advance, mm-hmm. he played it right. This performance and you're showing up beat up versus Iran, different players, you don't get a performance.
0: I'm the sorry, result. I blacked out. Are you giving Greg Berhalter credit? Well,
1: that remains yeah. to be seen, honestly. We will know if it was the right decision or not. It was a great performance. But it didn't blow up in his face as Something you said, as not you yet. said it. Not yet. We well, won't none, of, none of
0: the guys that he started we on yellows we got know. a yellow. He oh, got them off the field before okay. they got a yellow.
1: And, okay. Go ahead. And what else? No, I'm saying. No, no. But this is what I'm going to say. Because I know where you're going with this. And what I, what I will say is you're, you're right. It's correct. Uh, it paid off today. But we won't know if it was the correct decision regardless of performance until that Iran game is played. Mm-hmm. Because if he needs to rest players or if guys die out in the first half or if something is compromised because of what happened in this England game, Then it'll blow up in his face. Mm. It's such an important game. You don't advance the next round without the Iran result. That was always the most important game. You could have won you could win this game today versus Mm. England and still not advance out of this group because the most important game is Iran. So we won't know if it was the correct decision or not until that game. There are no moral victories. Yeah. There are no moral victories. You should feel very good about yourself if you're a fan or if you're a player for the U.S. men's national team, and even Greg Berhalter to an extent. But if it blows up in your face versus Iran, it was all for naught.
0: Can I give you the reason I think it's, it's the correct decision? Sure.
1: And it may be – yeah. what I'm saying is it's too early to tell. It's a great performance. And, 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 I, and I think they should be very proud of themselves. But we won't know if it's the correct decision until after that game.
0: So those that, that maybe didn't see it, of course, uh, Iran beating Wales earlier right. in the day. I think that kind of changes the, the panorama, the, the outlook in this group because – that really forces you into knowing that if you yeah. beat Iran on the last day, that's the only game that matters. And so to use a, a Vegas term, we kind of called it, it's a free roll it for is. the U.S. And once it becomes that free roll, and I'm, I would be super curious to know if what happened this morning actually changed what Greg Berhalter was going to do or if, he'd already taken, he or, or if he'd already taken the decision to kind of go for it against England. But he goes with what we assume is almost entirely the s- his be- what he believes is his best 11. The only change that he makes is I'd Haji right. Wright for Josh Sargent. He starts three guys who are on yellows. Yep. Like it's all a risk, it's all about, you know, taking the shot in this game and trying to play with yes. England. And I think You, you said know,
1: free roll, but is it really when those guys are sitting on yellows? And, and well
0: and that I'm, was the risk. Right, and I right. and I'm sure that that was you would know. Much more than I. When that's the case in a tournament, surely that is drilled into those guys by the coaching staff. And it's not and, easy to play that way. No, but that message was, was effective because McKinney didn't get in trouble really. No. You didn't, desk, there was one challenge where I was like, "Ooh, rebound game for Weston." Reem didn't even yeah. Reem, who could be the guy that is in well, those situations. It, exactly
1: because you're in those situations. Sebby, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, and I want to give Greg Berhalter his credit. Give him, give the man his flowers because it, he deserves a lot of credit for the yep. performance today. He really does but we won't know if this was the correct decision until after. It takes a lot of energy to play that way. It takes a lot of concentration. It takes a lot to be focused and give your physical and mental all for 90-plus minutes against a team like England, against a team that has the ability to embarrass any team in the world. Embarrass any team in the world. That's a reality. Okay? In the last four or five years, last six years, semifinal in the yep. World Cup, Finalists in the Euros. Mm -hmm. Golden generation. A very good team. But you made this team, I think you exposed them a bit. What you exposed is their manager. Southgate is not at the level of his players. And that was exposed today.
0: Mm. From the US side, yes, it's it's a good performance. But it's not a win. You've had Two games where you probably thought at least you could have won. I'm right. not going to say should have won, but you, you could have won. Yeah. Is there some level of frustration or lament that U.S. players or fans should be feeling after tonight? That, that they don't yet have a win under their belt? After tonight, no. In general, Just can't feel that way. No, but okay. in general,
1: yes. Um, and you see this performance, and you kick yourself for what wasn't Wales. And that's the worst part because they were there for the taking and you let them off the hook.
0: Yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons that I say that is because if you're Greg Burhalter against Wales, you gave your team a lineup, a setup that created chances and, and you couldn't take advantage of them, at least not as much as you needed to. Here you did it again and there were chances, lots of them. Uh, and, again, yeah, the United States. Airs.
1: But I think he expected yeah, that. But the U.S. Yeah.
0: US kind of couldn't capitalize. And for me, the biggest one of those, which is for me then the moment of the match, is Weston McKinney's miss. Yeah. I mean, am, am, am I harsh to say, even for a guy that's not a striker, like, that's got to be a goal. At least it's got to be on target. You got to well, make the goalie for work. For
1: a player of his capacity capabilities, you would assume that shot's on target and it's yeah. in the back of the net because that's what he's shown you. Mm-hmm. That's literally what he's shown you. Arriving late, getting on the end of things. That's his bread and butter. Certainly, this was the one. This was, and I know Christian Pulisic hit the post, but that was a tight angle. uh, A defender coming through. Pickford was there. I believe even Pickford may have gotten a finger on it. This was the best chance. You had it. He had it. Uh, He let it go away. They'll be kicking themselves, or he should actually. He will, knowing him, be kicking himself. But, this is football. Those things happen. You have to move on.
0: So that opportunity comes down the right side, which I was really impressed with, especially in the first half. Uh, more so Tim Weah than Serginho Dest, but they combined to cause a ton of trouble for the left side of that English defense yeah. and Luke Shaw.
1: Yeah, you were starting to see a maturation of, of Timothy Weah. You think him Damn, he's good, huh? Yeah, you think of him as this wide uh, player who could just explode yeah. and exploit space. He's becoming so much more than that. He comes in as an in- inverted winger, winger, excuse me, allows Serginho Dest to overlap to create space to attack at Will that way. But defensively, he's much more disciplined. I thought a lot of the defensive issues or the offensive issues, excuse me, that England was facing was Weah and Desk covering up those lanes. In the first 15 minutes, Musa and Robinson struggled in that, and they attacked down that side. They did a better job on their side covering those lanes and, and really... England had nowhere to go. They couldn't operate the same way. They couldn't get their important players on the ball and to be effective enough throughout the uh, course of this game.
0: You said it, kind of the other best chance for the U.S. is Christian Pulisic yeah. off the crossbar. What did you think of his performance over the, overall? I, I thought he was superb. Uh,
1: superb? I, yes, yes. Just oozing confidence, flicking the ball with his heel, dragging it, rolling it, a little bit of an edge. I really think this game meant something for him. Yeah, I was going to say, you think he was Taking up for it? guys on. Of course he yeah. was up for He's got a
0: lot to prove to kind of that audience, doesn't he? I,
1: I thought he was as good as I've seen Christian Pulisic without getting on the scorecard, yeah. without getting an assist, or without getting a goal. Uh, I, I thought he was really, really um, up for the moment. Uh, he seems to be growing in this tournament. That's a good yeah. sign.
0: Uh, you know what else was good for him for the first time in a long time was the set pieces. Yes. The one thing that I think was disappointing, cause, and even Nata Manua, you mentioned, who was watching the game with us, kind of screamed at that last set piece of the game.
1: Yeah, take you got, it. You've got to thump
0: <sighs> that into the box, right? You've got to put that in the yeah. mixer,
1: as they say, as the lads say. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, who is your man of the match?
1: Tyler Adams. Yeah. There was no better player on no. the field than, than Tyler Adams. No. He, he was a monster. I know Tyler Adams is probably like 5'8", but he plays like 6'4", <laughs> 3", like literally 240. Uh, he was everywhere defensively, offensively getting the, the play going, the attitude, the charisma, the leadership. The youngest captain in this World Cup up for the moment. He was the best player on the field for me. Continues to shine for the U.S. men's
0: national team. If I could clone him 10 times over, I would. Those eight recoveries, by the way, ranked first on the field. I mean, he is just so good when the other team has the ball. And it's not even just the recoveries, because sometimes, Herc, he won't even touch the ball. It's just sliding into a lane or edging like getting up against the guy and making him turn back like... I know we talk about it. We talk about his maturity. Kind of, when because of the words that come out of his mouth, he's got a maturity to do his game as well. Yeah,
1: even, even the calculated risk he takes, the mm-hmm. moment of which he leaves his feet, are adequate. They're appropriate. They're of the moment. I, I thought he was the best player on the field. Um, that should tell you something. Also, when a defensive midfielder is that involved. Um, and you get out of here with the zero, you, you've done something right defensively. Yeah. You're, you're putting out a lot of fires.
0: So I'm going to go a little bit different, man of the match. I think if we were going if, to... If you, if you really forced me to pick a guy and I had to defend it, I would have picked Tyler Adams as well. Okay, I, I think that's obvious. But, but just, just to give us a little something to talk about, again, just I go to that right side, um, and, and Desch sur- surely deserves some of the credit from this, but... I think what we're seeing from Tim Weah in this tournament is just so impressive. He did it against Wales. He was not just dangerous on the goal, he was dangerous throughout. Um, and in this game, man, he really gave England problems. Like, I felt, especially in that first half, almost all the danger from the U.S. came not just down that right side, but kind of off his foot. I,
1: I know we're only two games into this World Cup experience for the U.S. men's national team, but if I had to bet on one player making a big move
0: really? after this World Cup. He's the guy. It's Timothy wea He's the one that we would say has shown the most. I- his star is shining probably the brightest.
1: I know he has the Weah name to him, and the yeah. rest of the world starting to realize, like, George Wea has a son? Yeah. Wow! And then they're seeing him play, seeing the charisma, seeing how just he oozes that swag. He oozes that confidence, how he's going at players. He's being a smarter player when he doesn't have the ball tactically. He's definitely growing into that position.
0: And, I mean, uh, we talked about this after the Wales game. And maybe for some people there was some doubt. But, again, from here on out, at least in this tournament, and maybe as we kind of project long term for this national team, he is a, not pencil in, but like a sharpie in starter, isn't he? Yeah, I mean. Because he, I think, th- so let me just, before I... I I cut you off. <laughs> but <laughs> why I, to me, <laughs> why I say that is because in the past, like, we've labeled him as a speed guy or verticality or he fits in this system. Right, right. I feel like now he's playing so well. It doesn't matter who you're playing, what your game plan is. He's a starter. Is he there yet for you?
1: I mean, he's pretty turnkey at this moment against yeah. anybody you play. Yeah. It's just a reality. You know, yeah. it, it, he's up for that moment. You played against a team that today sat back. So those transition moments weren't there. But they sat back because a player like Timothy Weah was on the field because they were wary of that moment. They were wary of that player. They respected that player too much. So this is definitely a guy, regardless of who you're playing, the opposition respects and has to deal with, so they're going to account for it.
0: Uh, to your point about Tyler Adams and just generally how well the defense played, I'm looking at this right now. Harry Kane touches in the United States box three. Three for the whole game. That's, that's a credit to the, not just one guy, to the unit as well, right?
3: Wow. Passion, drive, and patience. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: All right, so your man of the match, Tyler Adams. Yes, sir. My man of the match, Tim Weah. But you've only played in one World Cup. Let's get the perspective of somebody who's been on four U.S. World Cup four? teams. There is How four. Old is this guy? Easy, steady, steady, <laughs> steady. Uh, Casey Keller, great to have you with us here on Football America. So break the tie Legend. here for us. Uh, who's your man of the match from today's game against England?
4: Uh, I'm going to say Weston McKinney. Um, and and he would have been Ooh, okay. miles ahead if he'd, if he'd finished the chance that he had. Um, but... Uh, Look, I've, I've been critical of Weston at times that I wanted to see him to be able to not necessarily take over a game because that's really not, you know, his style, but to, but to be more influential. And, and, and I saw that today and, and, and particularly coming off a game where I felt in the second half he extremely faded, where I was having questions on his fitness, on Des' fitness, on Waya's fitness, on Pulisic's fitness, and – we saw a second-half performance today where the fitness was there, the, the ability to continue to press, continue to, to get into advanced positions and overlap, uh, which is what I really, really wanted to see in the second half of that Wales game that just didn't materialize. So whatever the recovery staff did, they need to do it one more time because we need to see a level of, of suffrage to – finish this thing off and get the result against Iran.
1: I like what Casey said about a level of suffrage. There, there's this adage, there's this saying that good teams, no matter how good, you have to be able to suffer at mm-hmm. times, and especially in a tournament like this. I agree with Weston McKinney. What makes the performance so special is we came up that Iran versus England game talking about Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham, Saka, these two young players and how well they have done. Jude Bellingham, Couldn't get on the ball in the Mm. final third because of Weston's duality. Weston's box-to-box. They were always so wary about Weston, and he was always so present. He made one of the future signings. I don't know how many hundreds of millions this kid's going to go for. uh, Really obsolete today. He was one of those reasons to why Jude Bellingham didn't have
0: so much success. Can I give you a statistic that backs that up? Jude Bellingham, 19 touches in the attacking third against Iran just 12 in this game. So that's a significant, you know, that's a significant decrease (laughs) for him. Casey, I'm curious just to follow up really quickly on the point about fitness. Obviously, this team didn't get fitter uh, (laughs) over the last three days. And if anything, you would assume that they would have been in worse shape coming off, you know, basically starting the the, the same starting lineup that we saw against Wales against England. So if it wasn't the fitness improving, then how did these guys look so much better in the second half of this game uh, compared to what we saw against Wales?
4: Well, some of it you have to... You have to blame England. Um, England started the match lethargic, and they finished the match lethargic. Uh, You didn't see the energy from England that you saw, particularly uh, once they got the first goal, where they were pressing and where they were overlapping and where they were combining very quickly. It was a lot of two, three, four touches, not see an option, pass the ball backwards, two, three, four touches— and and then the US were very smart with the way they had their line of confrontation. And when and, and England got frustrated, they, they started the game slow and they could never catch up to the pace. And a lot of that was because the US kept the energy where it needed to be. Sometimes, guys, it's 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 a mental thing. It's a mental thing knowing that I can fight through. Uh, the fitness that that I can that I can keep going. You saw how upset Dest was when he got substituted because he knew he still could do it. Um, and but I think there was still a little bit of a look over the shoulder, knowing we're going to need even more against Iran to not let two results go by the wayside, not to slip up against a team that's obviously had a tremendous resurgence. You know, after a hammering in the first game. And, you know, it's – we all talked about it. We all thought that the key game in this tournament is going to be the Iran game, that third game, and that's exactly what's, what's come out of this. Mm. But, but England, it's, it's human nature at times when you have such a great result. You maybe take your foot off the gas a little bit. Maybe there's some complacency. And we saw that from England today. And it'll be interesting to see how – Gareth Southgate motivates this team going forward against Wales who looked defeated today in that second half.
1: Interesting what he says about uh, Sergio Des. I thought he, was, he looked as disciplined as he's ever looked defensively yeah. and tactically. Why do you think he was best. upset? Just because he had to come off? Because well, I think he wants to be on the field. Right. You know, he was, okay, playing, he was playing so well. In his head, he thought he was doing something to help the team, and he wanted to be there, and it's understandable. Case, let me ask you really quick. You talked about how frustrated the English national team looked. Do you
4: think it was more frustration, or they showed the U.S. men's national team too much respect? Well, I think they definitely showed him a little too much respect, but, but again, you have to earn that respect as well and for whatever reason, we just didn't see the energy that we saw from England in the, in the first game. Now, let's go back a little bit. This was not an England side in great form coming into this tournament. They got relegated from Nations League. They, they, they didn't look good. So was it one of those false results that just everything went right for you on the day and you really haven't corrected a lot of the problems uh, to the reasons why you weren't playing well before the tournament started and I think that's where Gareth Southgate is going to have to look back and also with the three points against Iran with the great goal difference you know we were talking about it off camera but you bring in Henderson to kind of just be defensive and yeah. not then bring on players, not bring in Foden straight away, not bring in uh, a Rashford uh, and, and go for it and say, you know what, Sterling, you were kind of non-existent for a lot of that match. Sokka did not have the same game that he had against Iran. You talked about the touches of Bellingham. He couldn't get the ball and turn and run at the defense. So you know what? Let's bring on some guys and see if we go a little bit more direct, put the balls in the channels. If the U.S. wants to step up and press, let's put it behind them and see if we can turn them and see if we can win some free kicks because I really felt if England was going to score today, it was going to be off a set piece. And then in injury time, A great service into the box, and of all people, Harry Kane blazes the ball over with his head. So uh, there were moments there for England, but yeah, Gareth Southgate's going to have some soul-searching after that performance. Yeah,
0: England finished with a flurry, but they didn't get their first shot on goal in the second half until the 85th minute. So that tells you a little something about how the game went right there. All right, let's dive in on the lineup, the starting lineup as chosen by Greg Berhalter because I think when this 11 came out, there were some people who were surprised. One, that there was only one change made and two, what that one change was, which was Haji Wright, a guy who we have hardly at all seen with this national team, getting a start against England in a World Cup. Casey, what did you make of the 11? I'll ask it to you this way. Before the game and then after the game.
4: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I had some questions, but my questions were based off of things that I don't have access to and that's how fit desk was how fit McKinney was how fit whale was how fit Pulisic was how fit Musa was Um, I'm a guy that doesn't like making wholesale changes this is my best team why can they not play a midweek game they're young they're if they're fit and strong then play your best team so Greg found out from these guys that they could do the job and they did the job look we've we've been talking for years about the number 9 position and it really looks like in this tournament the number 9 position for the united states is going to be by committee and it's going to be not the not the lewandowski number 9 that we expect to score goals but the number 9 that's the first line of defense when the ball turns over the guy that will just challenge for things maybe win the odd second the odd second ball. Um, yes, you want a number nine that can be goal dangerous, but if that's not the case, then, again, I'll go back to the word suffer. You got a guy that understands his role and is going to fight for everything and make things difficult. I thought Josh Sargent did that all right, particularly in the first half against Wales, and I thought Haji Wright did a good job of doing that but never really looked goal dangerous. What do you think of the 11, Herc? I was
1: surprised. I was surprised because... At what, specifically? Well, because Iran would be the most important game of this group now. Knowing what you know about what just happened with Iran and Wales. Now, in saying that, only being one change and being Josh Sharj, the thing that surprised me about Haji Wright was the last time we saw Haji Wright start,
2: mm-hmm.
1: after that game, after the El Salvador game, yeah. Nations League, it was Greg Berhalter that criticized him.
0: Yeah, he said basically he didn't take advantage of he the did- opportunity. The
1: only player he's ever criticized in his tenure publicly, and it was Haji Wright. So he's not part of this setup, and now he is. And it's one of the most important games because you're only making one sub. Uh, but I, I agree with Case. And it's not the first time the U.S. Men's National Team has done a nine-by committee. We've seen it in previous uh, World Cup setups. But that's what he's going to look for, and I thought he did extremely well. Battled, fought, he bodied McGuire on a play, mm-hmm. showed his strength. Uh, everything that you wanted from him except... He didn't get his chance, and he's the player on this team that you want to get a chance. He's in form.
0: I'm interested that it says zero chances there because I remember playing the first half where, again, it comes down the right side. There's a cross, and he seems to get almost on the inside of his defender and gets the header kind of towards goal, can't quite steer it on goal. Right. Maybe we only ca- qualify that as a half chance, but it, it certainly seemed like um, he, w- he was active at least there in the first half and may have had an opportunity to finish one off. What about the subs, Casey? I, I want to know what you think about the subs. We criticize Greg Burhalter a lot. Uh, in the game against Wales for not going to his bench soon enough. In this game, I think his first sub against Wales was 65th minute. In this game, he waits until the 77th minute to make yeah. his first sub, bringing on Aronson for McKinney. Shaq Moore also comes, at that, comes on at that point for Dest. Uh, what did you think of how he, he handled the subs today?
4: Well, but, but look at kind of the run of play kind of between the 60th minute and the 75th minute. You know, the U.S. were on the ascendancy. They had way more possession. They looked the most dangerous. Why are you going to make a change when things are going well for you? And it was just a situation, I think, where Greg was starting to look at the clock and seeing the minutes from Weston, seeing the minutes from Serginio, and knowing that there's an unbelievably important game against Iran, you know, in three days. Uh, I think if there wasn't a game, I don't even know if he would have made a change Uh, At that stage, because I really thought the U.S. were the better team at that time. You don't just make changes for the sake of making changes. You make changes because you need to change the outcome of the way your team's playing. And the team was playing great at that stage. So I get no change at that stage. And then when he did, I understand Aronson. Geo got, got the chance to get on there. But I think as that progressed later, you know, there were some questions about, about more coming in. But he just showed you the athleticism that he can do out in that corner. But then you also saw, you know, when he did get on the overlap and the cross wasn't where it needed to be. So lots of good things um, to take away from this game. Still missing that little cutting edge in the final third. But I love the energy. I love the fight. I love the idea that at times in that, late in that second half, the U.S. looked the better team against a side that after winning 6-2, were thinking that this was a contender.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: People been screaming for Gio Reyna. At least we got him for seven minutes, right? Came on in the 83rd. Yeah, there it is.
4: but Case
1: is right. The game will dictate when there needs to be a, a change made. And I think with Weston, it was communication. Mm-hmm. He knew that he'd been struggling with an injury, and he wanted to keep him healthy. And Weston's a guy who comes off, that Aronson replaces him. You're not going to have a huge drop-off. When Shaq Moore comes on uh, for Dest, I understand the need or, or I guess the – the worry about keeping him fit, keeping him healthy. Shaq was good uh, with energy. He was good at tracking back. A little too over aggressive, cost I mean, two or three quick fouls in some dangerous area against the U.S. men's national team. And as Case mentioned, in the final third, just doesn't have that, quite that quality um, as a, as a Serginho desk. But overall, I thought Greg's uh, changes were good today.
0: Okay, Casey, let's spin it forward to Tuesday and the game against Iran, which everybody knows now is a must-win. So yep. what is the approach knowing it's a must-win? What does that actually mean? Is it, is it a tactical change? Is it a, is it a personnel change? What does it mean for this to be a, a must-win? What does Burhalter and what does his team have to do uh, to, ta- to make well, it so that it's a must-win? Yep.
4: Well, I think, once again, it, it's going to come down to these next three days and, and what the recovery looks like. So you're, you're looking at key players. Why make changes if you're best eleven? So you're still then maybe thinking, okay, where's that? Who's then the number nine for that match? Is it a case where then is it, is it Jesus Ferreira in, in, in that game and saying, okay, now it's your turn? Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, yes, we hope Weston McKinney looks the way he did today. Yes, we hope Wea continues to, to look better and better. Obviously, I love Dest being upset that he didn't finish that game. So that means he must have felt good in the 80th minute, and, and that's a, a good sign going forward. Um, and I think you have to continue to, to see what was successful. And you saw that giving England the ball in that just you know, 20, 25 yards out from their own goal. What I would like to see against Iran is maybe a little bit more pressing at that stage to see if you can win the ball back in the opponent's half. Against, against England, they were like, okay, we'll give you the ball. Let's see what you're going to do with it. In the end, England got frustrated, hit a long ball. U.S. recovered the ball maybe deeper. Uh, but I would love to see in a game that you have to win, pick and choose your opportunities to press in the opponent's half. See if you can win them with a numbers advantage because you know you have to score goals in that game.
0: Casey, great stuff. Appreciate the time. we got to let you go, but I'll see you in about 90 minutes uh, over on ESPN FC coming up in a little bit here on ESPN+. Lucky you, Casey.
4: (laughs) Sounds great, guys. See you later.
0: Oh, you know you love working with me. (laughs)
3: Must be 21 plus plus present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: <laughs> love, love to have Casey uh, here with us on Football Americas. I'll ask you the same question that I just asked him. Like, we call it a must win. How does that manifest itself either in the lineup or the tactics?
1: You could have beaten England today and still not advanced
0: to the next round. If you don't get something, put that in
1: perspective. Yeah. Put that into perspective, how important this Iran game is. It was always the most important game. There are no moral victories. But what they earned today was the belief Mm -hmm. that they can play, certainly with Iran, after what they just did to England. Here's
0: the problem. Even though Iran looked really good against Wales. Here's the problem.
1: Two teams that right now feel awfully good about their performances Mm -hmm. and the intensity I saw from Iran, the dynamic play I saw from Iran. The way they went and beat up a Welsh team, made them look bang average, made them look slow, made them look withered in the Qatar sun, the way they played against them, mm-hmm. how can you weather that? How can you weather that emotion that they just earned themselves?
0: That's going to be key for the U.S. Men's National. Well, to that point, right, and we talk about fitness a lot and rotations, if Greg Berhalter, and he clearly does believe that and this is. And they won, Seb. Yeah. But Greg Berhalter clearly believes, and I'll take the forward position out, that this is his best ten. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that we're going to see the same ten against Iran? And and what kind of ask physically is that of these players? It's a tough ask.
1: I don't care how young they but are. But is that
0: what you have to do if it's a must-win? Um, I mean, t- to Casey's point, like why the can't these guys? Fall off? Is yeah, that what you're saying? yeah, it's a World
2: Cup.
1: In theory, yes. But I'll, I'll put Yunus Musa as, as an example. Yunus Musa was a player that. I would have loved to have seen more of mm-hmm. versus Wells. Mm-hmm. He was bypassed. And today, I would have loved to have seen more from Eunice Musa on the ball because he's so strong on the ball. Him driving, penetrating, advancing the, at that midfield line, attracting defenders is what I want to see. I don't want to see him defending. He played a lot today, mm-hmm. he played the whole game. Mm-hmm. So now, how do you ask Eunice Musa to put in another shift like that if we've not seen it? I think. won't be wholesale changes, but there will be some changes. You'll keep at least a lot of that spine, a lot of that team roughly the same, but you have to some way, shape, or form freshen it up in a way that you're smart about it. Mm -hmm. You want to put your best 11, but he showed you in World Cup qualifying windows that are three games in a window that he used 26 out of 27 players, only the third goalkeeper not
0: used. May we see some changes? I believe so. Yeah. One key thing to note about this Iran-U.S. game. Yes, it is a must-win for the United States. That's not quite the scenario for Iran, right? They go into this, and a point for them Absolutely. will just do, and I think that could affa- affect their approach as well. All right, let's get some, let's get some vibes from on the ground here in qatar because that's where we find our alexis Nunes. she's outside the stadium where the united states and england just wrapped up uh, alexis great to have you with us here on football americas uh, as always i'm curious one what was the percentage uh, in terms of u.s fans versus england fans and then kind of what role did the crowd play in this game
5: Yes, you know I'm all about the vibes, and I'm so happy to be back on the show. And literally when I came here, I mean, one thing I'm used to seeing is England fans. And literally when I had to get stuff for the social media, you know I'm always thinking about the gram, I was set out to get some England fans, hoping Mm -hmm. they'd be full of song. (laughs) I have a couple of friends who are over here from the UK. They told me they've been in the pub since midday, so you can imagine the kind of state I was expecting them to Mm. be in. And all I encountered was USA (laughs) being chanted from every nook and cranny. From this stadium, I must say they were trying to give the Mexican fans a run for their money in terms of vibes. Here, it really felt like you know a, a good percentage of the U.S. fans really took over this stadium uh, tonight. And I actually think that that 12th man really played a massive role in this tonight. Literally, from uh, one side there was filled with U.S. fans; the other side was filled with a block of the England fans. And where were we sat in the middle? It was a nice mix of both. And where we were, I was actually in front of a row of England fans and behind me was a row of England fans and I was hearing the US fans who were three rows down and three rows up. It was amazing and every time they started chanting or singing they were so vocal, you know, calling out the players, telling them almost where to pass. You know, we're all uh, managers in our own minds but they really provided such a good atmosphere and it was uh, (laughs) such a difference because we know that there has been a lot of questions surrounding Greg Berhalter and everybody thinks that they could put out a better 11 or a better way of playing than he can but they felt like they really got behind him in this one they really were impressed with what we saw Weston McKinney had some turns um, on some of the England defenders um, even the last game I remember I saw uh, one of the Iranian players left Kieran Trippier I think back at Newcastle and we saw it again today and Weston was putting on <laughs> such a nice show and the fans were absolutely loving it it was a little bit of a joga bonito every now and again for the USA and England, well, I did have a chat with a friend or two at halftime, and he did suggest that maybe um, a hangover kind of hit the England fans early at halftime because they Mm. had the the whole of the first half to kind of sober up after being at the pub from midday. But they weren't their usual full of song, (laughs) as I'm used to hearing, uh, back in the UK, which was a bit interesting to see um, because usually, like I said, they are, and they usually get behind this squad, and they only started cheering or counter-cheering whenever the USA was would start their chance whenever they would start the usa or whenever they would start that we believe that we will win that's the time that the england fans decided to say okay na 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 now we're gonna come to song but you know i felt like england definitely could have used a bit more oomph on the pitch and they really could have used a lot more oomph off of it from their 12th man so definitely in terms of vibes usa wins this one
1: all right all right, Alexis, give me the other side of that coin. What would be the general sentiment right now? Back in, you live in the U.K., back in the U.K., back in England with this tie.
5: Well, I mean, like I said, halftime, I already started speaking to a couple of friends I have back in the UK, and they literally said, Can you believe? I, I want to put on my best England accent, but I'm not going to embarrass myself. They said, Can you believe that they are all over us like this? I never expected this. And, you know, for so many months now, I suppose, leading up to the US, uh, you leading up to this World Cup, when we're talking about the US, we keep talking about how this is a golden generation. I remember speaking to Matt Turner when we were in Murcia for that match against Saudi Arabia and, and saying, You know, do you feel like this is the USA's best chance in so long to beat England and he actually straight up said yeah this is yet still for some reason even Weston McKinney had said it to us as well in one of the presses before the Japan game he says he still feels that no matter how many players they have in Europe doing well they still just don't get the respect they deserve and that was the consensus from the England fans I think they actually were caught by surprise yes they're used to seeing the likes of Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams playing you know especially in the UK but I don't think they really expected them on this stage with all of the firepower that we know England have. Like I said, we were near some of the U.S. fans, and when we saw the likes of Marcus Rashford and Phil Foden and Jack Grealish warming up, the U.S. fans were like, oh, my God, I almost forgot England had these guys. It was actually, (laughs) you know, a bit terrifying to them, and they were just saying, guys, don't get tired. They were trying to, like, will on Yunus Musa, like, don't get tired, don't get tired. So, really, uh, we spoke to some England fans just now, and they said that they kind of take this draw as a loss with all due respect to the U.S. and they admitted that they definitely Mm. were surprised and then we spoke to some US fans and they said this kind of feels like a win I know there's still a lot of work to do and I know it's not you know the perfect time to celebrate but they do feel like they can pat themselves on the back because this is an England team that have been named you know as favorites to win this entire World Cup to top the group you know we know the depth in squad that they have we know that they have a lot of starters week in week out in some of the biggest leagues in the world and I think everyone expected nothing less than a win I remember getting predictions from fans before the game and I think the 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 least amount of goals they saw scoring on the U.S. was three. People were saying three-nil, four-nil. So I think the fact that it ended Mm. nil-nil, England felt like they were taking this as a loss, and the U.S., I know they don't want to celebrate just yet, but I think they're happy to give themselves a big pat on the back tonight.
0: Alexis, last time we had you here on Football Américas, it was in the aftermath of Mexico against Poland. Now, in that game, there was no doubt about what the moment of the match was. Memocho's save on Robert Lewandowski clearly drew the the loudest applause, the loudest reaction from fans in the stadium. In this game, what was the moment? What was the stretch where really the crowd seemed to come to life the most for you?
5: Do you know, towards the last, I would say, 10 minutes of the game, people were starting to get um, excited. And the first 10 minutes of the game, I think a lot of people were getting uh, a bit nervous and wondering if the USA would be able to hang on to this. But there were so many shots that, you know, probably hit the crossbar and stuff. And as fans were saying, they were like, gosh, that crossbar, Just if they could just move it a little bit. But you know what? Matt Turner had a couple of saves. And I was surprised because the England fans behind me were just like, you know, that goalkeeper is kind of good. And I turned around and I was like, yeah, you know, he plays for Arsenal. And they're like, what? (laughs) Really? No wonder. So I think Matty Turner should get some some respect today because he definitely got um, a round of applause. He did get, you know, the hands to a couple of balls there uh, from England when they were starting to look dangerous. But um, overall, it was really, I know it ended as a nil-nil draw, but it was definitely a very entertaining one.
0: Alexis, as always, brilliant stuff. Great to have you with us here on Football Americas. We'll see you soon, either on this show or over on ESPN FC.
5: Cheers, guys.
0: There she is. Alexis Nunes from Albaid Stadium, where the uh, U.S. and England just wrapped up. So one thing that I think was... Is it a surprise anymore? The, The fact that she said the 12th man was clearly, you know... U.S. over England. I, that's a surprise to me. We know there's a lot of we know there's a lot of England fans here. I think there's a lot of England fans, but I, I thought it'd be more fifty fifty than the way really? she described it. Yeah, yeah. Although, you, can I tell you something? So, you know, we've been we've we've kind of alluded to it. We've been hanging out a lot with Nata Manua and, and Mark Ogden as well. And one of the things I've been picking up from them is England is a little bit different, maybe from other countries. Like sometimes their fans don't make the trip, don't make the commitment, don't come, or don't plan to come until. Later rounds. Right. You know, because, but for the U.S. fans, you know you, you've got to come now because there might not be later rounds. Well,
1: not only that. If there was one game circled on their calendar, yeah. it, it was this one. Yeah. So they showed out. They showed up. Whereas English fans maybe didn't circle this game on their calendar. Maybe they're thinking second round, quarters, semi, even
0: final. That's a reality. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the rivalry here. Can we call it a rivalry? USA and England? I mean, what, in football? Yeah. No. That's three games now in the World Cup, and England has never, ever, 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 ever beaten the United States in World Cup play. No, it's not a rivalry. <laughs> you know, but, but it's there, something. it begs the question of
1: why U.S. fans or U.S. football fans have such an infatuation with everything England, the English national team, the English Premier League.
0: Well, the Premier League is kind of obvious because I think, one, it's been on television in the U.S. Okay. more than any other European league, but they have an infatuation and it's considered the best league in the world. Them.
1: You know what I mean? Like, you could have played against, you could have an infatuation playing against Brazil, who's mm-hmm. my favorite to win the World Cup. It's not really the case. They will circle their calendar against England. There's an infatuation with everything English.
0: But it's some kind of rivalry from, I think this, the, from the American perspective, right? From the well, American for the perspective. Americans,
1: sure, because, and we talked to Nate and we talked to, talk to Mark. They, they almost feel like they're the big brother. That's how they feel. Yeah. So when you feel like somebody feels that way about
0: you, it gets under your skin. And what did Mark tell us? He said in the press conference leading into this game, all of the questions aimed at the England players were about 2010. So I know it's a long time ago, but it's clearly still in the minds of the English press, and I think... That must reflect, because, you know, a press makes content for a public, Some, something of what the English fan base feels. They were also thinking about 2010. That memory is, is still really? fresh, I think. I well, think why was it being brought up I in the press conference? the only one thinking not. about
1: 2010 is Green. <laughs> Rob Green. <laughs> and Clint Dempsey. And my Clint man. Dempsey. My, man. my uh, man. Let's be honest. It's not a rivalry until both consider it a rivalry. That's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. I've been places where you consider your rival a rival, and they don't consider you a rival, and it angers you even more. Mm -hmm. That's a reality. I've been to Santos, and Santos considers Tigres and Monterrey rivals. But I played at Tigres. They don't consider Santos a rival, and that gets under your skin. This is the same situation.
0: Maybe it's not because of a quote-unquote rivalry, but because of the fact that they play in the Premier League, specifically in the case of Christian Pulisic, because I think... um, he gets—I don't want to say harsh treatment because that sounds like it's undeserved. Uh, he gets—he gets, he a, gets a, different treatment because a he's particular American. treatment yes. and a particular focus. I don't know if it's because he's American. I actually think it's because American fans talk about him so much that they. Well, why do they talk about him? Fans and press react to that. But why do they, well, they talk about him? The point is, like usually for a rival ga- rivalry game, Herc. You're up for it more. I think we saw that from Christian Pulisic. I think we might say we even saw that from Tyler Adams. He's always up for it, but he was really up for Absolutely. it today. Uh, I think the other guys, you know, we talked about Anthony Robinson, a guy in the Premier League, Tim Ream. Those guys were among the players who played the best. By the way, two,
1: two fantastic games by Tim Ream. Did not see that coming. Oof. And I've been as critical as anybody with Tim Ream. I did not see him having two fantastic games in the first two games of the World Cup. The man's like 39 years old, 40, yeah. 47 maybe.
0: Uh, I, I do want to, since you talked about the back line, I think maybe we haven't given them credit. Um, what they did in limiting this English attack, especially after the first 15 minutes, and especially then in the second half, where I mentioned no shots, no shots on goal yeah. until the 85th minute. Um, that's really special. Talk to me about that back line. And, and maybe it's not just the back line. Maybe it's also the midfield three. It maybe the it's midfield the three. Maybe it's the pressing it, it, it work. It is from the midfield three. It,
1: but can I focus on somebody right now sure. that we've not focused on that? I just think it's so difficult for a goalkeeper Mm -hmm. when you don't see a lot of actions to be called upon when there is action. Matt Turner, in the one save he needed to be absolutely stellar in, was...
0: uh, Late in the first half on Mason Mount. Yeah, Mason
1: Mount shot hard, very hard, low, got down low. It's a save he should make, but he made it. That gives your defensive line, that gives the midfield, that gives the team so much security when they think you're on your day. And that really is what what happened. Uh, Christian Pulisic oozed confidence. It looked like he was on his day. Tyler Adams, just so evident he was on his day. Weston McKinney bounced back. They just if you, had to, if you had to count the battles, the individual battles that were won, the U.S. had more than England. They punched them in the mouth. The England squad never knew how to recover. They, they, they respected the U.S. men's national team too
0: much. Can I ask you about Walker Zimmerman because sure. he was the guy that really got all of the focus, and I think rightfully so. I, I've said it every way I can say it, but boneheaded to me is the best way to describe the penalty that he commits against Bale. I'm
1: sure he would how probably did, say the same.
0: How did he bounce back from it in your eyes tonight? Because there were, what I will say about Zimmerman, there was a couple, there were a couple mistakes in build-up. Yes, where he makes passes. Bad passes that could have burned the U.S. England just didn't capitalize in transition. So
1: there's nervous energy that your team transmits.
0: He also made a hell of a block on Kane very early. Yeah, very
1: early on. There's nervous energy your team transmits, your team kind of emits, I should say, as the game's going on when you're put under pressure. Anthony Robinson had it going on a a few times. He dribbled straight out of bounds twice. Um, Walker Zimmerman once or twice. Walker, when you're a center back, you're so dependent on your tandem. You're so dependent on your... On your partner, Um, Tim Rehm has been so good. It's steadied Walker Zimmerman. It's given him a calming presence. And I think Walker has been, honestly, an errant pass here or there. The penalty kick was probably the only knock I can give Walker Zimmerman in this whole tournament.
0: Okay. Well, we just had Alexis Nunes on. It was great to have her on from the stadium. Her hit went well. Um, Not all post-game hits from outside of stadiums go quite as well. Let's take a look.
6: Guys, sorry, live on Sky News. Do you reaction to the win? Uh, We lost. Sorry, reaction to the loss. Apologies.
4: Um,
6: Reaction to the loss. Uh. Apologies for the language.
0: Of course, that was after the game between Iran and Wales. Played earlier today. Actually, a 1 p.m. local time start, which means it's kind of the one game on the schedule here that's played in the direct sun of Qatar. 0 until late in this one. In fact, in the 86th minute, Wayne Hennessy, goalie for Wales, racing out of his box. A red card, right? Yeah, they gave him a yellow at first, but it was a pretty What would you have given the red, card, red card, for, card
1: for the initial reckless uh, tackle to the Or face? last man, or either last one. Man, yeah. yeah, take your choice. Even though he
0: wasn't last man, but it was denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. So uh, these dam- this damage coming in, Added time for Iran. They get a goal in the uh, eighth minute of added time, and then one in the eleventh minute of added time as well. As Iran pulls an upset. Although I gotta be honest, for me it wasn't that big of an upset. Uh, I, I, I think I think we saw from Iran the six to two. That was not their true selves. And I think Wales very very limited. But there you see, uh, we have had some upsets here in this tournament. Uh, Iran, plus 260 against Wales. Nothing compares, though. How about that to uh, Saudi Arabia's yes. plus 2,500. That's, that's not an upset. Against uh, against Argentina. U.S., by the way, uh, plus 500 to win today against England. Let's take a look then at the standings in Group B with two games down and just one game to go. Of course, the uh, the one game will be, or the two games, will be next Tuesday. Iran against the United States and England against Wales. Uh, what are the odds makers saying? Well, they're saying England, they're through. The computers are saying basically the same. Iran, right now, getting both, well, getting the computer edge. US getting the odds makers edge. Wales, sorry, had some great success recently in major tournaments, at least in European championships. Uh, not the case here so far About who Brazilian fans uh, are rooting for in tomorrow's showdown between Argentina and Mexico in Group C. Mexico training today, actually at Lucille Stadium, where the game will be on Tuesday. You don't need to be a history expert to know about the World Cup history between these two sides. Argentina knocking Mexico out in the knockout rounds in both 2006 and 2010 i'm going to pull the curtain a a little bit further back here as you can see we have an empty spot just in case just in case somebody from our our good friends over at espn argentina their set is literally just around the corner uh, manages to slide in to help us preview this game between argentina and mexico but thinking about this game in the perspective of the game that we just saw i mean if mexico can have a performance like this against argentina you would sign it, you would take it, absolutely, wouldn't you, from a Mexican perspective? Signed, sealed, and delivered. Right. I Do mean, you think Mexico's capable of that against Argentina? That hesitation, I think, might tell me well, all I need to know.
1: Well, the reason I'm hesitating is because having lightning strike twice in a bottle,
0: I mean, Saudi Arabia's already... What are you saying? Argentina losing yes. would be lightning striking twice.
1: Yes, to an inferior opponent. And, and that, that would be a reality. But if you look at this Argentine team, if you look at how much pressure they are under, mm-hmm. the immense pressure they are under, one would lead you to believe that Mexico were able to string along possession, hold on to the ball, and somehow hurt them that it could get much, much worse because they would have to open themselves up and then – this Mexico team would somehow capitalize on that.
0: All right, we get uh, Pablo Zavaleta who's making his way Who? into the set. Who? Oh, you know Pablo Zavaleta Just played in the uh, World Cup final back in 2014. Get in here, Pablo. Get in here. Yeah, yeah, come on in. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. ¿Cómo ¿Todo bien? Gracias. Thank you for coming over. Vení, vení. Pablo, of course, a long time es Argentine okay. international. <laughs> <laughs> Going to give us the, uh, the perspective here. So I know you were just over... Uh, on the set, what, do you, what, are your, what are all the folks over at uh, ESPN Argentina saying? Give us a vibe of kind of what people in Argentina are saying about this game. Are they worried about uh, Mexico are they, they, they worried about themselves? We're showing some
6: uh, clips of uh, a lot of Argentinians here in Qatar doing, uh, you know, just singing all together. They, they look uh, really excited about the game, positive. But How are you so feeling then? I, I wanna st- I'm still positive. Uh, I just want to think that it was just uh, one of those days against Saudi Arabia. Uh, A bad day at the office. Um, Hopefully the lads in in, in the last two, three days that she's been uh, analyzing, she's talking about uh, what went wrong in that game and and, and today put in a better performance. Okay, what went wrong in that game? Uh, I think at halftime they thought the game is is done. Mm. Um, Because in the first half, Argentina, I thought they were okay. You know, they scored a penalty, a couple of uh, good chances, two, three goals disallowed. By n- nothing, uh, and then uh, I think Saudi Arabia just went into that second half uh, completely different. Some more energy, uh, the belief of uh, their players being uh, immense, and 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 they scored two great goals. And at that time, Argentina was uh, wow, well, you know, losing two down to one. And I haven't seen that reaction from, from Argentina. And that was my only concern. Mm. Like, you know, with the quality that we got in that team, we should have done a lot better.
0: From a leadership standpoint, because you talk about a response. Like, who's the leader on this Argentine team? Who, who is the guy or who are the guys that kind of have to, to take over there
6: and make sure that... Well, if you look at... Because it's not Messi, uh, right? No, He's well, not that guy. I mean, uh, if you look He's at not that, that Argentina that team, they have that a mix of experienced player. And, and talented player. I mean, uh, don't forget Otamendi has been at the, playing for the national team for at most uh, 10, 12 years. Uh, Di Maria the same, uh, Paredes uh, and, and De Paul, both of them been playing, and, and, and they were one of the main men for that team and in, and in the last three years when they won Copa America uh, I know that, so those guys they have the experience they they have uh, those uh, leadership that we you were talking about, uh, but they they didn 't perform they uh They looked like uh, too slow at time, they gave all away uh very cheaply, something that uh, we we haven 't seen for the last three years, and that 's why before the world cup we we were saying uh, of because of that moment of Argentina without any defeat in thirty six games. Everyone was saying they favor it. And now they're still it, Right. But Not
0: for the World Cup, I don't <laughs> think. In this group? <laughs> no, but
6: after watching Brazil, Spain, so England, first Did you game, think they were favorites France. coming in? Because yeah.
0: we've talked off camera, and I think you, you kind of you hinted to me that that 36-match unbeaten streak, I don't want to put words in your mouth, was maybe a little bit it, like in, inflated in value.
6: Well, of course, uh, because... Uh, I, I think, but the the performers were there. The, all the players. Uh, when you look at the, I know the South American qualifier. I know, as strong as the Euros. You right. know, uh, okay, I get that. But you still have Colombia, Brazil, Ecuador, Ecuador. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chile. The, no easy games. Uruguay. You know, Uruguay, Paraguay. Uh, and and, 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 and they won, when they won Copa America and they just kept winning games, they beat Italy, they, 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 they were the champions of, uh, of the last Euros, 3-0 at Wembley, playing well. You, you think, last World Cup for Messi. Yeah, Your it's your destined. Your main man playing well for the club, for PH and the country, mm. his last World Cup. So the, the momentum was there. They built that momentum into the World Cup. So that's why everyone were really excited about that Argentina team. But the World Cup is a different story. It's just here you face the best teams, and, and we have seen that already.
1: Okay, talk to me about Messi. You've already said it, his last dance, el último mm. baile, eh, Leonel Messi, last World Cup, the immense pressure he is under, especially now in this Mexico game. Do you think there's anything Mexico will do or that Messi needs to do to lift Argentina
0: I mean, past is Messi Mexico. really under pressure? I mean, but, but under uh, pressure in his whole career?
1: This is the last chance. And the only thing that anybody can say about Messi, because some consider him the greatest of all time, is, well, he's yeah, not lifting the World he, Cup. Yeah,
6: uh, Is one of his dreams. Right. Dream. Uh, you know, we lost the World Cup final in 2014 in Brazil. And, uh, and I think when you go into possibly your, your last World Cup as a football player, especially... Uh, for him would be uh, something that for me he, he has to enjoy he, to, he, he just needs to take all the pressure off him uh, and, and just enjoy it because uh, what Messi has done for the national team uh, is incredible, listen we, I know that we lost our World Cup final, then we lost two consecutive Copa America on penalty shootouts against Chile uh, then we won Copa America in Brazil Listen, we're talking about four finals. Yeah. That that's a lot, mm. and uh, and that's why, uh, not because uh, uh, Messi have to win the World Cup uh, and and he would be the best player in the world, or he would be better than Maradona and, and all those things that we uh, we we have. But that many is a legitimate claim by debate. a lot of
1: a lot of Argentines. No, that's the one knock on Messi. Is but I
6: think uh, when when we talk about the pressure on Messi sometimes because of that, because we all, many people just wait in Messi to win the World Cup to say, okay, he's better than Maradona. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's, that's the only thing. But, uh, as I say, uh, we, we always been a better team because, uh, Messi was in the team and he brought so much success, uh, in, 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 into this, uh, national team. And, uh, uh, it, it took 24 years to 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 reach a World Cup final again, and we just missed uh, a few chances against Germany. So, uh, listen, uh, for me, Messi, please go tomorrow. In, well, today, <laughs> uh, you know, go out, express yourself, enjoy it. Hopefully, the w- we we can see a, a good performance by the whole team, and 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 of course get the three points. Otherwise. Forget it. Le- let me ask
0: you about the Mexico game and specifically the matchup. Right? Uh, we obviously have ESPN Argentina here, right underneath ESPN Mexico. From a Mexican perspective, it is a rivalry. Is it a rivalry yes. from the Argentina perspective?
6: Well, oh, look, uh, 2006.
0: Yeah, you don't have to remind In the round
6: us. 16, mm-hmm. uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think. Uh, Having Tata Martino Funes that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. apparently could play tomorrow as, as a starter, you know
0: um, does it worry? Does it worry you from an Argentina perspective going <laughs> up against Tata Martino? Uh,
6: no, I know him. Uh, he was my coach uh, mm-hmm. at the national team for two years he's uh, yeah, I mean uh, he, he must be very difficult. You know, being at uh, his position at the moment because he was born in Argentina. But he was very honest in the press conference today and, and say he he, he wants to do his job and his job is by uh, making you know putting in on the field the best starting eleven for Mexico and 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 go and beat Argentina. That's that's his uh, uh, main job today and, and and of course he knows some of the Argentina players. He knows the Scaloni. Uh, but uh, and and f- for funny imagine as an Argentinian uh, born uh, playing for you know against Argentina imagine if he scored the winner or something like that he he can celebrate it of course he mu- he must feel proud to to, to represent. Uh, me- mexico that 's why he 's a Mexican citizen and and, and, and he 's playing for them and, and if he scores, listen fair enough. and but we 'll see, but I think there is that kind of uh, uh, rivalry between uh, both countries
1: really quickly before we let you go uh, for, for both teams because you will know the out- you know you will know what the outcomes of the games of Poland versus Saudi Arabia, you will know exactly what you need to do what no, at the same time what? no no no, no second game ah sorry yes. Mm. What is the worst possible outcome for Argentina? I, is it Saudi Arabia winning, beating Poland, or is it Poland beating Saudi Arabia? Is it what's a tie? I think we
6: we can't.
0: You don't even care,
1: do you? Yeah,
6: exactly. We don't. Yeah. We. I think the players uh, and, and and we we're not really thinking about what's uh, uh, much about that ga- that game because it still depends on, on on Argentina. You need to I win think. Or you're uh, out they have to go and, and, and win the game. That's that's the best thing they can do today. Same for Mexico. I mean, uh, I know sometimes as a player you always, because the, the, the Saudi Arabian-Poland game is before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, that's it's obvious that at some point you will ask about uh, uh, the result of yeah. that game or you can go on your, on the phone and look at it. But I think the, the, the main focus... Uh, for the players and for everyone, we'd be uh, about winning tomorrow the game.
0: All right, Pablo, we got to let you go. Great stuff. Thanks for having us. Uh, having uh, some time guys. for us here let on Football Americas. It. Let's take a look at the uh, Group B table, the standings uh, as it's, it's Group C, actually, because that's where Mexico and Argentina find themselves. Uh, and here are your computer and odds makers' thoughts on uh, what will happen between Mexico and Argentina tomorrow. Computers giving Mexico a one-in-five shot to win this one, and the odds maker is just about the same. Uh, Mexico plus 490. Significant dogs, significant underdogs against Argentina. All right, well, you know how we like to wrap up the show here on Fútbol Américas with your tweets on Check the Mentions. First one is directly for you, Herc. What do you make of the first substitute being Brendan Aronson and not Gio Reyna? Do you agree with this move, or who would you have substituted someone else first? Yeah, I, I agree with the move. You got to go with
1: uh, what the game dictates, right? And the game was dictating that Weston McKinney had to come off. So in the midfield, somebody who's going to give you a Weston McKinney work-like um, performance mm-hmm. would be Brendan Aronson, Giovanni reyna you want him on the ball. You want him creating the final third. Uh, I think he was still worried about being able to defend uh, in case of transition, being able to provide something, a spark with that um, energy, if you will. So I, I have no issue with Brendan Aronson.
0: You surprised it's two games in. We haven't seen Jesus Fededa yet off the bench. I am. Uh,
1: well, not off the bench, but just in general. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. We, we haven't seen him at yeah, all. Yeah,
1: because he, he's one of the consentidos, one of the favorites for Greg Berhalter throughout his tenure. So I am surprised.
0: All right, then, let's get to our next question here on Check Dimensions. If you follow Herc on Twitter, you follow me on Twitter, you know, right around halftime before we come on the air here, we send out these requests. Joe Wataka's been dominating. He says the uh, U.S.-England game was an incredible opportunity to significantly boost interest in soccer in America. Did this game deliver... Or was it a missed opportunity? Oh, great question. Okay, I like this one. I like this one a lot.
1: Yeah, I think it delivered because the idea was that... But it was a
0: 0-0. It was. A it was. It, the, uh, Amer- these Americans yeah. don't like 0-0. Yeah.
1: Listen, uh, the reality <laughs> is um, it was a very good performance against a team that many thought were going to steamroll the United States. That's a reality. And another reality is this would be back in the states one of the most watched games in the history of the sports on the men's side yeah so there are gonna be plenty of eyeballs whether casual hardcore whatever the case may be there were going to be eyes on this u.s men's national team and people are going to be asking wait a second england was a tournament favorite mm-hmm. and the u.s men's national team did that mm-hmm. and they had them on the ropes according
0: do you think of, the casual fan because like you know if you can look at soccer ratings in the u.s a big game uh, outside of of a World Cup gets like maybe max a million people watching. They're talking about potentially 15, 20 million. Do you think that casual fan watched this game and appreciated what the U.S. did? Yes, okay. I mean they, they saw Tim Howard in the round of sixteen. Right, get, this was a different shell shot game. Yeah.
1: by Belgium and become the secretary of defense, and they loved him for it. You know, I, I think they'll get a, a good sense of appreciation in this one.
0: Do you think we get over fifteen million for this? I do. Wow. Okay. Hopefully that 15 million is watching right now on Football Americas, right? And if they're watching right now, guess what they should be doing tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific. Watching us again. They should be watching us again because Football Americas is live every single day throughout the World Cup right here on ESPN+. Plus. Tomorrow's edition will be very, very focused on Mexico against Argentina. Mexico going into their second game with a single point. Argentina coming into their second game with no points. Huge game between Mexico and Argentina, and we will be all over it on tomorrow's edition of Football Americas. For Herc, Producer Beto, and the rest of the game, gang. gang, I'm Sebi. We'll see you tomorrow on Football Americas.